I have been able to replace all of the prescription medications that I was on. I've been able to eliminate all of them and replaced a lot of them with some different supplements. Like you, you say, it's, it's a health journey and it's been one step at a time, but watching my blood pressure decrease, being able to cut back that dose on my blood pressure medication was so empowering to see that happen, to see that change happen, to see the healing happen in my body. And I think I just knew instinctively that this was going to be the right answer, that taking a break from food, doing some of this fasting was going to help me heal. And it became about so much more than the weight loss. And I think that's what kept me going was it wasn't just a vain thing. It wasn't a trying to look good thing. It was about my health and I want to be around for my family and some of the confidence that I've gained through fasting comes from just knowing that I can do hard things. And I know that's a really common phrase that's out there, but, but it's true. We all can do hard things and we do hard things all the time, but sometimes we're not willing to do it for ourselves. Hello, welcome to Living Your Big Bold Life Podcast. I am your host, Bet Lucas. So something that I think is not talked about enough is the fact that when you prioritize your health a little bit more than you did yesterday or last year or a few months ago, it's not just about what the scale does. Yes, often the scale does move. Yes, often you build muscle. Yes, often you feel better. You have more energy. But there's a few things that I think need to be highlighted and shouted from the rooftop. And that is many of you are walking around on multiple medications today. It's true. And many of you are dealing with ailments that affect your daily life. And some of those, whether you realize it or not, could go away. The medications, the ailments, if you just prioritized your health a little bit more today than yesterday, a few months ago, or last year. And that is the story of Jess. Jess was on multiple medications. She also had ailments that disrupted her day. And it wasn't just every once in a while. It was every single day. Her allergies had gotten out of control. She had migraines. She had plantar fasciitis. And what amazes me about Jess is that by just finding some of the tools that we have here on Big Bold Life Podcast, she released herself from these daily ailments. And she also reduced the medications that she was on the multiple medications she was on. So my friends, I guess what I want to end with in my intro today is that are you so focused on the scale that you're looking for these quick fixes that will never heal you from the ailments? They'll never help you reduce medication. Why not choose some of the tools we talk about here on Big Bold Life Podcast? And by choosing to use some of those tools, I can guarantee your medications will reduce or completely go away. That is the story here today, and that is the story that I hear all the time. 
And number two, things that you just thought you have to deal with every single day, allergies, migraines, and more, maybe they're a symptom of things that are not right on your health journey. And maybe by addressing the root cause, some or all of those go away. Wow, I would call that freedom. Wouldn't you? Big, bold freedom. Here's Jess. Hey, my name is Jessica, and I currently live in Junction City, Oregon. I am 45 years old, 46 in March, and I have three adult children. My youngest just turned 18 in September, so still a senior in high school, but technically an adult and trying to act like one every day. (laughs) And I have one grandson uh, who was born in June, so I'm officially a grandma. And I guess my story starts with those kids and being a young mom. My husband and I met my junior year of high school, got engaged my senior year of high school, married and had our son the same year. So I was a mom right away. And that was my world and my identity. We had the first two kids right one after the other. And then um, decided maybe we should try and figure out life a little bit and maybe not have a third child. (laughs) Um, So we put a pause on kids and tried to figure out how to grow up and and be these, these parents whose kids needed. And I think a lot of my identity came from trying to prove that I was old enough and mature enough and wise enough to be their mom. And Mm. a lot of that, um, shaped how I moved forward. I tried to make myself appear older. I didn't really embrace my 20s as -hmm. a lot of people do. I just was trying to be a good mom. So then as I matured and learned more about myself and gained more self-confidence, and as our younger son came along, that's when I started to look inside and and think about who am who am I as a person, not yeah. just their mom. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where my health journey started because I was um, never an obese child. Mm-hmm. Um, I was always really fit and thin, didn't do a lot of sports, uh, did some cross country track that I was terrible at. <laughs> Me too. I was so bad. I was so bad. <laughs> oh man. I always liked the social aspect, but I was never competitive with anybody besides right. myself. So, and grew up eating really healthy foods and everything. But again, as I became a mom, I didn't think I should put myself or my I thought it was selfish to take care of myself. Right. And so I put on the pounds and I didn't lose weight after pregnancies. And I started developing high blood pressure and this reactive hypoglycemia. And I eventually realized I had to do something to get myself back into a healthier place. And so that's when we were being told to eat all the time. And I always had snacks with me because if I, um, if my blood sugar would go low, I would start shaking. I would get headaches. I would get this extreme anxiety and I had to have food with me all the time. Mm -hmm. And that was not working. (laughs) I didn't know why, but it was not working for me. I felt terrible. And 
I mean, I could list all of the the negative side effects, but you know, the weight was the most physically obvious. Um, and I was, I just wasn't happy. It was affecting me in every way, mentally, emotionally, my relationships were suffering. I was, I was not my best self and I struggled for a lot of years through my twenties and, um, a lot of my thirties trying to find this, this key to unlocking my best self, because I really think that's where, that's where our, our power as women comes from is figuring out who we are and what we have to offer to the world. But if we are stuck feeling trapped in our bodies or in our emotions or in our minds, you know, we just, we can't give that part of ourselves to the others around us. What you explain is so relatable where we are trying to be the best mom. We are trying to be the best for others. We're trying to live a life of giving back. And that is, many of us feel we're on this earth for. And yet there's this like pendulum swing that we do that we're trying to love our bodies through that, right? We're saying, oh, I'm owning my curves. I'm owning these extra pounds. I'm owning being a mom first. And yet there's this like pendulum swing that happens that all of a sudden, all those things on our health journey get in the way of what we're really trying to do, which is be the best mom and sacrifice for others and give back. I think we're doing it all right. And then all of a sudden our health, I think, just falls a little too far down the priority list. At the same time, we go to try to pursue our health and the tools out there just haven't been tools that work for us long-term. They may work short-term. You know, we all have stories of like, oh, we lost we lost a few pounds for a week or a month or two months. But most of us, when we we're struggling on our health journey, didn't have long-lasting weight loss, health improvements. It was kind of like, we seesawed back into the same thing. So I think your story is so relatable and admirable. I think it's so important for other people to hear that, you know, it's normal to kind of go through those stages and then to say, wait, I have high blood pressure. I'm struggling. I, I really have to eat every two hours or I get shaky and I don't feel good. And, oh, I don't feel good in my body. And, oh, wait, maybe my relationship with my husband is suffering or my kids or my friends or it's okay to kind of have that I think kind of have that wake-up call because I sure as heck did you know I was you know so similar so so about how old were you when you kind of started saying like okay I want to start you know making some changes I I don't know really where to start but I I want to start seeing if I can improve my health you know, I remember different points along the way. Like you said, I can remember when I was in my, <laughs> it's hard because I think about it in relation to how old my kids were, not how old I yep. was. Yes, <laughs> like, I know this. <laughs> yeah, I can remember shortly after Ethan was born. And so he's 18, getting really into workout videos at home because I yep. joined the gyms. I'd done the personal trainer, you know, sessions. And it was such a production to get myself to a gym. And I would always fall away. I would do it for a few weeks. And then, you know, it was too much time away from the house. It was too much money to be spending on the gym. It was, 
you know, all the excuses. And so I really got into workout videos and I did a lot of yoga at home and I did like some um, strength training and I did some, uh, the Taibo classes. I was almost going to say, it was like, I was like, is Taibo next? Yeah. 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 And there was the Buns of Steel videos and all those things. And at that time I was doing the calorie counting Yeah, every two hours. And like you were saying, I did, I lost weight. I felt really good. And then, you know, I had met my goal and, Mm -hmm. or close enough to it and started thinking, oh, I don't need to do this all the time. And then it just kind of fell away and the weight came back on even more. You know, I remember not being happy about it, but also thinking that, oh, I can, I can deal with it. It's okay. I can, I, I don't need to be skinny to be happy. I, you know, can embrace my curves, like you're saying. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then it, they came back on and, you know, we've had a lot of changes. My husband and I have moved a lot in our marriage through that. At one point we moved to Florida, <laughs> we moved to Florida for nine months and that was in 2006 and things yes. got out of hand there. We were eating out all the time. We were under a lot of stress. And so when we came back from Florida in 2007, I was, I was probably at about 165, 170 pounds. And I'm five, three for reference. So that was, that was a lot for me. That was probably my highest weight at that point. And so we came back and I took a new job where I was um, working on my feet, working retail. And I lost the weight pretty quickly because I was being more active and I didn't have time to snack all day, but I still was, I was working, you know, getting breaks every two hours and I had to have my snacks. I had to have, you know, my lunch and I had to have something for the car ride and I had to have, you know, my latte or my mocha in the morning and So I was working at Costco, started there in 2007. I did lose a lot of that weight um, that I brought back from Florida with me. I was feeling really great. I was getting a lot of compliments. Um, I had Mm -hmm. people who would stop me and see me and and be really complimentary about it, but it was making me super uncomfortable. And I wasn't self-aware enough at that point to understand all of that, why it was making Mm -hmm. me uncomfortable. But it was, it was really um, challenging for me to adapt to this, this new body. And I pushed it away. I, looking back, have a really long history of self-sabotage. I, I find that for me, when I start out on a new health journey, um, or when I would start a new diet or when I would start a new exercise routine or make any of these big changes, the minute I told somebody else about it, it then somehow became this thing in my mind that I started to rebel against. And I would start making bad choices and I would start um, with my food and, and drinks. And, and then I would just slowly start falling out of all the healthy habits and the pounds would come back on. So as I um, continued in my job at Costco, I um, was able to transition into the pharmacy from being um, 
just working in the warehouse. Working there, I was able to get my technician's license and um, move into a full-time position as a pharmacy technician, which was incredible. It was just what I needed. It gave me a sense of purpose in my job, and I really loved the work and great people that I was working with. And so I stayed there for 14 years as a technician. And I I did step down to a part-time position so that I could uh, be more available to my teenage kids because Mm -hmm. I, if anybody's listening who has toddlers, I'm (laughs) telling you right now, it gets harder. (laughs) (laughs) I've heard this. I've heard this. I'm like, oh man, oh man. So my oldest will be a teenager next year, Jess. So I might need like your cell phone number to like text you and be like, help. What the heck do I do? What am I doing? Anyways, um, I think that's really smart that you were attuned to that. Cause I've heard that, that the importance of being available during those years is really important, whatever that looks like for you and your family, but to right. just being a little bit more plugged in and present and aware because they're not the easiest mm-hmm. years. I mean, I sure as heck wasn't, yes. you know, I was a high achieving teenager, but boy, did I have my <laughs> moments of giving my parents a run for their money. Woo. Well, even when they, when your kids are in a great space and they're wonderful children, they still just as young adults trying to transition into adulthood, it's, it's a tough time emotionally and mentally. And that's the exhausting part. The toddlers keep you running, you know, trying to physically contain them. Yeah. But the teenagers, they, they try your mind. Completely. (laughs) Completely. Completely. I think that's so true. And really good advice just to any moms who might be listening. And especially in today's world with you add technology components to it. I mean, I'm like, how in the heck to navigate all of that? I, whew, I'm going to be doing a lot of learning yeah. in the next <laughs> years. So you had gained this, like, you know, you've taken this job at Costco or this promotion. Yeah. You know, it is amazing how a job can, if you are being challenged and you're happy at your job, there is such a purpose in that. I remember going to a Goodwill luncheon. Goodwill is always trying to do job training and get people working. They just really focus on the confidence that it builds in someone when Mm -hmm. they find a job that they like and feel that they're making a difference and can give back. I think that's what's so cool is what I hear is that you really found that in this new role. Like you were really feeling yeah. that, that power. Yeah, I did. And I was able to, um, you know, put some of my education to use. And yeah. at that point, actually, I forgot to mention this. I had gone back to college oh, wow. when my kids were in school as well. And so, because like I said, right out of high school, I had my kids and yep. started life and so yeah, I, I went to the community college here um, and got my associate's transfer degree and had actually started taking classes at OSU online um, and was was looking at um, doing something in the, the medical field, like a medical assistant or something. And then when I moved into this pharmacy technician's role, Costco has great pay and benefits. Yep. I was comparing it to the jobs I was looking at getting this education for, like, I think I'm okay here. Like I can take a step back and, you know, let my kids be the ones who go on to college. And, and my son did, he went on to OSU and graduated from there. And 
So that was the right move for me at the time. I've always been a very um, curious person and I love to, to learn. And so going back to school was so much fun for me. I, I loved it. I felt a little bit out of place as an older adult student, but, but it was great. And then when I got to study and take my national testing for the pharmacy technician's license, it did. It gave me a new sense of confidence. But through all that, back to the, the health journey side of it, I wasn't, I wasn't nourishing my body. I was um, you know, eating foods, the regular standard American diet, mm-hmm. and it was all catching up to me just, I wasn't sleeping well. And my, uh, seasonal allergies here in the Northwest are a killer. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's times of the year where we have the worst pollen counts in the world. I'm very susceptible to those things. And so I had gotten to the point where I was so affected by these things that I was taking four different medications every day and then additional medications as needed, like prescription Mm -hmm. eye drops and inhalers and, all kinds of things. And I was, I was so miserable that I wasn't sleeping at night. I was coughing all night. I was congested during the day. I would get, <clears throat> my eyes would swell up to the point where like, I looked at Quasimodo. Yeah, yeah. And I was, yeah, I was missing work over it. I was missing time with my family and my friends. And so I finally made a decision that I was going to start getting immunotherapy shots. I was going to go and I was going to deal with this and I had to find an answer so that I could start feeling better. So that was in um, 2020. I had in 2019, I had made the decision that I was going to do this and I started looking for doctors and somehow that decision (laughs) sparked this whole transition in my life. You know, you have this path of like you were a young mom you took like a pretty bold move to go back to school. Like, I'm going to go back to school. I'm a little bit older. And then now I'm finding a career that I like. And yet you're still having some of these health challenges that are, you know, getting in the way. You know, they were getting in the way of functioning the allergies. So you decide you're like, okay, I'm going to do this. It's 2019. It's 2020. You're, you're going to do this immunotherapy. Did you do it? Or or did you just like, did that kind of take you on a path of like a big wake up call? It was a big wake up call. I um, also was struggling with really high blood pressure. So I was on a bunch of blood pressure medication as well. And some of those were going to interfere with the the shots that they could give me they actually oh. were questioning whether or not they could do it because one of them can counteract the effects of an EpiPen so when you're getting allergy shots they're they're injecting you with what you're allergic to and so you have to wait in the office for an hour every time you get a shot you have to show up get your shot and sit there for an hour so that they can make sure you don't go into anaphylactic shock <laughs> they made me sign a release and everything because knowing that I was on this medication that could inhibit the effects of an EpiPen, I had to be aware that I was taking a chance (laughs) that it might not work if I went into, you know, some sort of very severe reaction, but I I had to do something. So I agreed to do it. And um, at this point I was um, at my heaviest weight. The heaviest weight I ever saw on the scale was 188 pounds. So I was really shaken by that too. I was like, if I don't get a hold of this now, I'm going to be over 200 pounds. I am, you know, five foot three. I have a very petite structure. 
like, I cannot keep doing this. I was, um, wearing size 14 clothes and, um, pushing a size 16 Mm -hmm. and I'd never felt worse. I, everything was just felt like it was crashing down on me at the same time. So yeah. So late 2019, I made this decision that I was going to go ahead with these allergy shots. As soon as they could get me in was in 2020. So I was going to start those in January. And then about the same time, which actually I forgot to mention this, I was suffering also. So the allergies, the blood pressure, severe, like crippling IBS. Um, I, I would have this awful cycle and I won't go into all the details, but this awful cycle of being backed up and then it would be days. And then I would start shaking and sweating and cramping. And then I couldn't be far away from a bathroom for hours. And I mean, it was again, something I was missing work over. Mm -hmm. I was leaving work and migraines. I had migraines all the time. I was taking preventative medication for migraines and then, you know, trying to take medication for this IBS issue and the blood pressure and the allergies. And then there was depression on top of that and anxiety and everything just came to a head right there before 2020. And we were celebrating New Year's Eve 2019 into 2020, sorry. And um, we had gone to the movies and I was so out of touch with my body that I just kept eating. I went out with my mother-in-law for lunch at Red Lobster and we had a delicious lunch and we ate all this wonderful food. And then we, we went home and got uh, the guys and we decided to go to a movie and we had some wine and ate popcorn. And then during the movie, I had to get up and run to the restroom because I was going to be sick. And, and that was it for me. I was, I had to leave. Mm -hmm. I threw up again outside the car and it wasn't because of alcohol. It was because I had eaten so much. My body couldn't process it. Yeah. It was mad at you. I had, I had lost all, all of my, my natural ability to feel full. I just was just kept putting things in my mouth. And, you know, I heard Dr. Phil once say, something about, it was a weight loss obesity show. And uh, he told this woman, he goes, stop having a party in your mouth. I do think a lot of us have lost that sensation. And I can definitely tell you on my health journey, there have been times for sure that I had lost that. And in fact, I knew I had lost it too. Like it was weird. It was like, I know I was full a long time ago. Like, I know I was. Mm-hmm. I would keep eating because I love food yeah. and I'm really like, I give me all the things. And so I I think this is very fascinating that you had, like, not all of us have that extreme moment, like the night of the movie theaters, but we usually all have like yeah. that wake up, like, holy crap. That right. was your like, something's not right here. This has got to stop. Right. It was a a literal tipping point. Yeah. I mean, everything in my body was screaming at me to make a change. Mm -hmm. So I, at that point was just like, I feel terrible. I just don't want to eat. So that was kind of a a switch for me to remember something that I had read looking for at-home workouts online. I'd come across these guys blog and I don't even remember who they were, but they were talking about intermittent fasting for muscle building. But as I was reading this this home workout. Cause I wanted to start, you know, doing more weight training. Cause that's always 
workout that has felt best to me. And so because of the allergies and the asthma and everything else, running or cardio was never a great option for me. Yeah. So the weights is what I wanted, but I wanted to do it at home. So I found these guys online and they, they mapped out this whole plan and they talked about including fasting into your weight, weight training. Okay. And I read it and I, you know, was like, oh, that doesn't sound right. Like this, you're not supposed to go more than a couple hours without eating, but I kept reading and reading and that had been a couple years before. So probably like in 2018 sometime, or I had seen that. And also about that time, I tried the craziest diet I've ever done that I do not recommend anyone try. Um, But I did the lemonade cleanse. Oh yes. Everyone's done. I'm sure a cleanse Uh, on this thing. They've done the celery. They've done the, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, the lemonade. Okay. What's the oh, lemonade? What's the lemonade cleanse? Tell so us. it was all you would consume for five days was lemon juice, like fresh squeezed lemon okay. juice, uh, maple syrup, okay. grade B organic maple syrup, okay, um, cayenne pepper. Okay, now this is coming this back is to me. I I remember yeah. this one because I remember the cayenne yeah. pepper and the maple syrup. Uh-huh. Now that you're saying this, I remember people yeah. doing this one. So I actually got to like it. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, this is it's good. Not terrible. It's like a spicy but, margar- virgin margarita kind of like, sure. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And so I did that. I think a friend of mine at work and I tried to do it together and um, I did it for at least five days. It might've been longer. And I remember it was right around my birthday too, because my son made dinner and everything. And I'm like, oh, that's so sweet. I'm not eating. And he's like, oh yeah, that's right. So, I mean, I, I did that. That was a really hard thing to do, but I, I did it. And I did lose about 10 pounds doing it, but it all came back. Sure. Sure. Um, yeah. And it wasn't sustainable. And, but then connecting that experience to what I had read about these guys incorporating the fasting into the weight training, I then started thinking again, well, I don't want to eat. Maybe I'll find out more about this fasting thing. So, you know, jumped on Google and found, um, Jen Stevens and her information with, um, at that time, what was it? Delay don't deny. Yeah. Yeah. I grabbed that book and read it in like a day. I think I ordered it off Amazon and everything changed for me that day. Started fasting that day. I think it was new year's day. Mm -hmm. I just had dinner and then um, just started spacing out my meals and I wasn't doing, I wasn't doing any, you know, extended fasts. Mm -hmm. Um, it was more like time restricted eating. Um, I would do, you know, short windows of, um, four to six hours where I was eating. And then I was just doing the water, sparkling water and transitioned over to black coffee. And I actually had started, I had actually gotten rid of all lattes and, and things like that already, because I was finding that dairy wasn't working for me at all. Like I was not feeling well when I drank a glass of milk or, you know, had a a latte. latte. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I'd already gotten rid of those, but I was still putting creamer and sugar in my coffee. So transitioning to black coffee was tough. Once I made that switch to black coffee, it's now my absolute favorite thing. I told my husband this morning, I said, I think coffee might be my best friend. (laughs) No, but I do think that's really funny because I am very much like you. I always had cream in my coffee. I actually wasn't a sugar in my coffee person, which is very, I know, really random. I have many other 
many other things that are temptations for me. Not sugar in my coffee, but I loved cream in my coffee and I had multiple cups of it. I loved my cappuccinos. I I mean, mm. any of that was like, oh, you know, my thing. So I know we talk about it a lot on this podcast, but I think so many people just think they can never go to black coffee. They can never go to black coffee. And yet all of us who are telling you you can are telling it to you not because we didn't like cream in our coffee. Most of us loved cream in our coffee. And most of us thought we couldn't go a day without it. And yet now, like, I'm drinking, you know, I have two cups of coffee in the morning, regular sometimes. And then I'll drink a decaf cup maybe later in the day and maybe mm-hmm. two. Like, I love black coffee now, but I, I, yeah. I wouldn't have believed it. Like, I would have been like, no way. But the power in such a small thing turns out to big changes on your health journey. It seems so silly, but it really does. Yeah. And it, it happened slowly for me. Yeah, that's Um, fine. Yeah. Somebody um, gave the tip to try a little pinch of salt in your coffee. Okay. It helps cut the bitterness. Right. And now, you know, I know as well that it also provides us with electrolytes as we're, you know, going, transitioning into this fasting and not everyone does keto with fasting. I certainly don't. I do eat a lot less carbs now than I used to, but when I first started, I was still eating the standard American diet, but yeah, putting that little pinch of salt into your cup of coffee, it, it really does cut the bitterness. And so that's a tip for anybody who's trying to get there. <laughs> yeah. And it would sound so bizarre if you've never mm-hmm. thought to do that or would do that, but there's so many people who swear by that trick that, Hey, just try it. I swear to you, it makes a difference. So here you've, you've found fasting, you've transitioned to eventually drinking black coffee and sparkling water and water and you were you didn't change your diet right away not at all so i was i was really nervous um to do to go back to work and keep fasting i thought you know if i'm at home and i don't feel well because i'm not eating i can um take a bath i can take a walk i can go take a nap you know, I can make my fast last longer by doing these things. And so when I first, very first started, I would only um, fast on my days off. And then I was like, okay, I've got to do this every day. And so I, I just had water with me all the time. Yeah. And, and I would chug that water every time I had a pang of hunger, I would chug that water. And that is what got me through my days. And I was amazed that I did not get shaky. I did not get those high spikes in my blood pressure. I was able to get through my work day with energy and focus and on my lunch breaks and my, my breaks, Mm -hmm. I would go walk around the warehouse. I would walk around inside and look at all the things, or I'd walk around outside. I'd just go outside and walk around. So I just had to find ways to distract myself in the beginning from that pattern. It was like I was feeding myself on a schedule. Right. Like it's your break, go eat your food. It's your lunch, go eat your food. You have to eat your food all the time. So I really had to do a lot of habit changing to get myself into the fasting. And I told no one. I didn't even tell my husband. I just I I wasn't exactly hiding it, but I made sure that um 
that I didn't jinx it because yeah. I didn't know if it was going to work. And I didn't, I didn't trust myself to not sabotage it again. So I kept it to myself for a long time, but I also knew because of the lemonade cleanse thing that I could do it. It's like, if you could go five days, just drinking that <laughs> nasty lemonade, <laughs> like you can do that. I could do this. I could do this. Right. And I think it's interesting how that experience and then hearing that up from those gentlemen who were talking about weightlifting and fasting, how it just kind of planted that seed. And then mm-hmm. you're like, and then you read Delay, Don't Deny yeah. by Jen Stevens, who you probably could relate to her a lot because she's pretty small build. She was small framed and had gained a lot of weight on her very small frame and was yeah, feeling like crap, Was on, had tried all the diets, had tried all the cleanses. And right. here she's like, this is what you do. You just delay. You don't deny. And you're like, okay. So you're doing this. Now you've started incorporating it at work. How long were you at first going? You were first just going like, you know, a few hours taking breaks from eating. And I think I do want people to listen to that. If you're not ready to jump into full-blown intermittent fasting, I really recommend just taking breaks between meals try to eliminate snacking and spacing out the time between eating. And I really find that that is a pretty powerful step one because a lot of people out there are like you and me, Jess. They are snacking all the time, grazing all the time, and yet never feeling completely satisfied. When you start spacing out your meals, you snack less, you actually start eating better meals. You start feeling more satisfied. And I think our bodies really respond to it. And, you know, you can take Jess and I's story for examples, but you, there's, there's thousands and thousands of others that can relate to this where when we decided to just space out our eating and challenging that you have to eat every two hours, it makes some major differences on your journey. And then if, then when you're ready, jump into a more intermittent fasting type model, I think can really work. I think both can, obviously, if you're ready to start intermittent fasting, start intermittent fasting. But for those of you listening, eliminating snacking is powerful. It is huge. It is huge. And I've learned that more recently um, myself, even cutting the snacks out of my eating windows has made a big impact on my, my current health. But backing up a little bit. So, you know, 2020, all these things, and and I've decided I'm going to take all the steps and I'm going to make these changes. So I went from my highest weight at 188 pounds being obese. And I was able to start pretty quickly losing some weight about, you know, 10 pounds, 15 pounds came off pretty quickly. And then it really slowed down. But beyond the weight loss, I will tell you the very first non-scale victory that I noticed mm-hmm. was within the week, I um, <laughs> I forgot to even tell you, I had severe plantar fasciitis. Mm-hmm. So, you know, standing on my feet all day um, on concrete, Yep. Um, I had changed my shoes. I'd gone and I'd bought orthotics. I had, um, you know, been doing the exercises and every morning I would get out of bed and it felt like I was stepping on tacks. Ugh. It's, it, it was so painful and I would sit down and stand up again. And it was the same thing. It just hurt all the time, but within a week of starting to just eat dinner or just eat within a small window, it was gone. 
I got out of bed and it was gone. And that's when I finally told my husband what I was doing. So I kept it from him for about a week. Then, like I said, I noticed that I wasn't getting shaky anymore. I wasn't getting the blood pressure spikes anymore. Within the first year of doing this, I lost about 40 pounds. Wow. And, you know, I... I did lose weight pretty slowly. By my son's wedding this last September, I had lost 50 pounds, gotten back down into a healthy weight range mm -hmm. and reversed so many things. I actually stopped the allergy shots. I did them for a, about a year, but I had two pretty severe reactions while I was in the doctor's office um, that kind of scared me a little bit and made me question, you know, why am I doing these, I'm going to take a break from them. So I took a break from the shots and realized my allergies weren't coming back. And then I realized that I'd gone through spring, which is my worst time. And this whole last summer without taking a single allergy pill, it blew my mind when I realized I had not had to open those boxes and take those medications. And I attribute that hundred percent to the fasting, to decreasing the load that our bodies have to carry mm -hmm. um, by giving myself time to heal mm -hmm. and my body's better able to manage all of the things that come its way because I don't remember the exact number, but I, I've heard once that our bodies use um, the vast majority of their energy to digest our food. And so when we have food in our system, it's using so much energy to digest food that it doesn't have time to go clean up anything else. Right. It doesn't have time to heal inflammation or fight off a virus or, you know, all those things that we could be doing if the body wasn't trying to just focus on food digestion. On digestion. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, it makes so much sense. And I love your word in, you know, inflammation and inflamed because- that word really kind of sparked me when I heard that because I do think I started realizing I was inflamed. Forget being overweight, forget all those other things. My body was filled with inflammation. And I think a lot of people listening, their bodies are too. So many things that we struggle with are due to our bodies being inflamed. Allergies. IBS. I mean, the list goes on and on. And I mean, that's pretty miraculous that someone like you who was struggling to the extent you were with allergies, then to realize that you hadn't needed any allergy medication, that's pretty powerful because there are yeah. a lot of people that that is debilitating for, and it was debilitating for you. Yeah. Uh, it, it really was. And I have been able to replace all of the prescription medications that I'm on, that I was on. I've been able to eliminate all of them wow. and replaced a lot of them with some different supplements. I mean, I, like you, you say it's, it's a health journey yeah. and it's been one step at a time, but watching my blood pressure decrease, being able to cut back that dose on my blood pressure medication was so empowering to see that happen, to see that change happen, to see the healing happen in my body. And I think I just knew instinctively that this was going to be the right answer, that taking a break from food, doing some of this fasting was going to help me heal. And it became about so much more than the weight loss. And I think that's what kept me going was it wasn't just a vain thing. It wasn't a, you know, trying to look good thing. It was 
it was about my health. And I think working in pharmacy too really is a big motivator for me. Um, seeing people, you know, come in with all of these debilitating conditions and seeing the quality of life in the difference between, you know, older patients or not patients, um, older people mm-hmm. who have stayed active and taken an interest in their health and, and older people who didn't. And you know, I want to be around for my family and my kids. And I want to go through the transitions of life with as much grace as possible and, and do it in a way that I can still have energy and, and strength and be able to take care of myself as I age. Yeah, it's, it was been very cool. And, you know, some of the confidence that I've gained through, through fasting comes from just knowing that I can do hard things. Right. And I know that's a really common phrase that's out there, but, but it's true. We all can do hard things and we do hard things all the time, but sometimes we're not willing to do it for ourselves. Yes. And I finally got to the point where it's like, I can do this. And, and it is hard when you get started with it, but ultimately it's really easy because you're not doing anything. You're just not eating. It doesn't cost you anything. It's not expensive. It's, it's just giving yourself a break. And, you know, sometimes in the beginning, especially I had to take a lot of mental moments to check in with myself because, you know, I knew this was going to be another big transition. And I knew as I lost this weight, I was going to get those comments again and things. And I had to get myself to a place where I could accept those compliments graciously and not push them away. And I had to also change the way I talked to myself. I didn't want to talk about these conditions that have been bothering me as mine. Like, yes, I get migraines, but I didn't want to keep being like, oh, my migraines or my IBS or, you know, my high blood pressure. It's like, yes, I'm struggling with these things right now, but I can reduce or eliminate them by making better choices. Wow. What you said, we often can do hard things for others, but we struggle to do hard things for ourselves. And wow, isn't, isn't that so true? And I think what the goal is, is that we start doing some hard things for us so we can be a more present grandma, have more energy, you know, have more confidence and give back more. Thank you for listening today. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to write a review and push that subscribe button. I also hope you will come hang out with me on Instagram, Facebook, and my new website, betlucas.com. And remember, friends, be you boldly. The world needs you.